This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. It's good to be here. Uh, it's good to see all your faces. Do you like the new venue? Yeah, it's nice. Eh? We drove to Bloomhoff this morning. And the previous uh, two mornings, <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> um, so it was with a bit of nostalgia that we turned around at Blumhoff um, and came to Paul Ruiz. But um, it's such a privilege. We live in such a wealthy town. <laughs> I mean, we shouldn't take this for granted. And um, what we also should not take for granted are the people who do the setup every morning. Can we give them a hand? You know, we, we walk in here at about 8, 20, 20 to 9, and uh, we just, we just uh, accept the fact that it looks like this, and we don't realize that they were up at 4 or 5 o'clock to, to do this setup. So I, I really believe that there's a special reward for them, if not on this earth, then, then in heaven. Um, yes, so it's, it's such a privilege to share with you this morning. I know that the that many of the ladies are happy if there is a lady preacher from time to time. <laughs> um, it might be a little more emotional, I don't know, but um, the men should just be with us. It's good to have women sometimes, I think. And um, I just want to warn you, I told my children, or let me rather say some of my children, that if I find that they are sleeping while I preach, I won't look in their direction right now then I will call, uh, call on them because I have the microphone now, so I've got the power. <laughs> then I thought, let's just make that applicable on in everybody here. I know many of you. <laughs> if you sleep, I'll just wake you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking nonsense. Let, let's start. Um, I hope my husband found our children. Some of them are missing in action, but I'm going to just let go of that now and leave that to him. <laughs> So let's pray. Father God, um, this morning we are, we are privileged, Lord, and we realize that, God, and, 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 and once again, as always, we want to think of those who, who cannot gather in places like this, and they do not have everything that we have, Lord, and, and, and not just do we thank you for it, God, but we ask that Holy Spirit, that you will teach us how to use what we have to, to further your kingdom and to bring glory to your name. Lord, and, and the word this morning, <clears throat> we pray that um, it is your word, Lord, that it will cut um, like a sharp sword, God, into our hearts and change us, Lord, from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. So we are, um, our theme for this year is to become, to make, to become, and then also to make obedient disciples that are rooted in Christ. So what I want to speak about this morning is how low will we go? (laughs) 
And I'm not speaking about those people who goes under the rope or the stick, you know, like, <laughs> I'm not speaking about that thing. <laughs> it's not a physical thing. Some of us cannot go low at all. Some of us cannot even kneel anymore without a pillow under our knees. <laughs> I'm speaking about those who are a, a little bit older. <laughs> um, this is not a, this is not a physical thing. This is a, this, this is different. This is a, 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 a biblical thing. So, I'd like to start and read a very uh, well-known passage from the Word of God. And um, as many of us will know, this, this is from the book of Isa- um, Isaiah. And it refers to the, when Israel was in exile in Babylon and, and a prophecy towards that. But, but more importantly, it, it was a prophecy pointing towards Jesus. And then... We see in the book of Luke, Jesus was in the temple and he opened the scroll and and he read this. And after he read it, he said, today, this scripture is coming to fulfillment right here in front of your eyes. This is me. And then if you you read through the New Testament, it is clear that that this was not just the call of Jesus, but this is the call of the church. This is our call. So... Um, I'm just going to read it. And by the way, those who are visiting us, you are most welcome. Those who are watching online, to me, it's very hard to imagine that you exist. But you are also most welcome if you are not here, but watching from somewhere else. And the mothers and the dads and then the mother's room and the toddler's room, it's, it's good to have you with us as well. So let's read Isaiah 61 from verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humbled and the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives, and freedom to prisoners, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion the following, to give them a turban instead of dust on their heads, a sign of mourning, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment expressive of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. So this is, let me just pause there for a moment. This is the call that Jesus had this is what God anointed him for. Anoints me, an, an, anointing means to be set apart, um, to be consecrated for a special purpose. And this is what we are called to. And then listen to the, listen what follows the obedience to this call. They will be called the trees of righteousness, strong and magnificent distinguished for integrity, justice, and right standing with God, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. And listen to this. Listen to what they will do. They will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will raise up and restore the former desolations. And they will renew the ruined cities. The desolations, deserted settlements of many generations. This speaks about restoration. 
This speaks about restoration in our families, restoration in our churches, restoration in our country. So, this is what God says. God says, I have called you to do all of these things. Now, let me just say this because sometimes I think we... we have wrong thinking. I certainly do, and, 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 and maybe more of us. Sometimes we think, when I reach that goal, when I get that job, when I go to the mission field, when I do this or when I do that, but I want to say that every single one of us, where we are right now, what we are doing with our lives Right now, whether you are a teacher or a stay-at-home mom or somebody without a job or somebody um, or, a, or, a, or a doctor, whatever it may be, right now in our lives, every single one of us, God is calling us to do this. It will look different for each one of us. It will not look the same because we are all individuals with individual callings. But this is what God is asking from us. We are becoming disciples and we are making disciples. We are becoming the trees of righteousness. We are becoming strong and magnificent, distinguished for integrity. We are coming into right standing with God and then we minister to other people, we influence other people. For some of us, it is our children and, and our wives or our husbands. Uh, who, wherever we may find ourselves, we influence other people, we pray for other people to make more disciples, more trees of righteousness. But here is the question. How, how do we get there? What does it take from us to become the preachers of good news? The ones who heal the brokenhearted, God through us. The ones who speak liberty to the captives. What does it take from us? Because let me say this morning, it takes from us. <laughs> there is a price to pay. When we live out this call... Not just do we become all these things, the trees of righteousness and, and, and all these things that I just mentioned. But on top of that, restoration comes. But what does it take from us? That is where this, this, the title of the sermon comes from. How low will we go? <laughs> I feel like I'm always preaching the same message every single time. I just give it a different name. <laughs> Please forgive me if you sit here and you think, there she goes again. <laughs> I know, I, God, I, 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 see, I say, God, give me something else, and there's just nothing, nothing else is coming. I really try. <laughs> uh, so, I want to read another piece of scripture, and it will make sense as I, as I speak about it, from Luke 7, verse 36 to verse 50. You may also know this, you might know this piece of scripture. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. This is a beautiful story. If you think I'm reading too much scripture this morning, just see this as a story. 
And he went into the Pharisee's house in the region of Galilee and reclined at the table. Now there was a woman in the city who was known as a sinner. And when she found out that he was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume and standing with the hair of her head and standing behind his feet, weeping, she began wetting his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and respectfully kissed his feet as an act of signifying both affection and submission and anointed them with perfume. Now when Simon the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, that she is a notorious sinner, an outcast, devoted to sin. Jesus answering said to the Pharisee, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he replied, teacher, say it. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. When they had no means of repaying the debts, he freely forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I take it for whom he forgave more. Jesus said to him, you have decided correctly. Then, turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house, but you failed to extend to me the usual courtesies shown to a guest. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair, demonstrating her love. You gave me no welcoming kiss, but from the moment I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not even anoint my head with your sins are forgiven. Those who were reclining at the table with him began saying amongst themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus said to the woman, Your faith in me has saved you. Go in peace, free from the distress experienced because of sin. This is one of my favorite pieces in the Bible. <laughs> Can you still see me? <laughs> um, so here we see that there are two people that are that Jesus are referring to. And we see a Pharisee who does not perceive himself as a great sinner. And we see a prostitute who is perceived by herself and everybody else as a notorious sinner. And something very inappropriate happens. Jesus is eating with this Pharisee and this, this prostitute, just the fact that she came into the house was already unacceptable and inappropriate, I, I could imagine. Not just that she come in, she starts weeping, very inappropriate, and she starts touching the feet of Jesus. And 
Jesus says to Simon, and, and, and I'm just going to sort of paraphrase this to, 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 to bring it home. Jesus says to Simon, basically, you owe me 50 denarii. She owes me 500 denarii. So, Simon, you did not even anoint my head when I came in. You did not even do what many would. You did not even do the basics. But she comes in and she, she, she gives it everything that she has. Because she owed more. But here's the trick, because Jesus spoke in riddles, as we all know. And the Bible is a book of contradictions, as we all know. Here's the trick. Did she owe more? Did she owe more? <laughs> she did not. That's the thing. And Jesus says, Simon, this woman, there's something about this woman that causes her to do this to me. And that is why Jesus received her. That is why he received her. Because this, he says to her, your faith, your faith has saved you. This is not, he's not referring to a faith that says, oh, I believe in God. Oh, I know through me he can do anything. And then all those things are good and well. I am a hero. I'm, he's going to use me to change the world. And, and I'm not saying that it's wrong thinking. But the faith that he refers to is the fact that she understands that she is wretched. And that there is no forgiveness for her, but yet the one who created her, the, 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 the one who, who is the created the universe, the, the, the one who holds everything in his hands, he forgives her. And the reason why she responds like this is because she understood that. She understood. She saw. She could understand. And this was just a spontaneous reaction for that understanding. Because now, for the first time, perhaps for the first time in her life, perhaps she was solved into sex slavery as a child. We don't know. Perhaps she was abused all of her life. Perhaps not. We don't know. But this we know. She is, she was wretched. And then she met this man, Jesus. And she was loved. Do you know the difference between Simon and the prostitute? Simon did not think that he was wretched. Simon thought, I am okay. I'm fine. I will have Jesus in my house. I will, I will, I will eat with him. Um, but I've, I'm, I'm fine. Let me say something. And, and, and see, I said it last week. He said we are all wretched. And I just, I cried throughout, two weeks ago, I, I cried throughout the whole sermon. Because I understand that. <laughs> I get it. I get it that I am wretched. And so are you. I'm, I'm so sorry to, to break this to you. <laughs> 
And I want to say something this morning, and I'm sorry that I cry. But I'm aware of my own righteousness. And I'm aware of the grace of Jesus. You know, I, I sat... Um, we were, we were very privileged to go on holiday, and I sat on the, on the balcony um, overlooking the sea, which is an, an immense privilege. And I said, God, I'm never, ever going to preach again. I'm too wretched. <laughs> and um, here I am again, and, and I realized I'm, I'm, I'm not here because, I'm, because I know more or, or I have more faith or anything. I'm just here because God appointed me to do this, and he appoints every single one of us to do something, and we need to find that thing and do it. But if we want to do it well, if we want to live out this call that I started with in Isaiah 61, there's one thing that we need to understand and realize and embrace, and that is that we are wretched. <laughs> and if we sit here, and, and I'm, 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 I'm just saying this because this is, if we read the Bible, then you, you can't be offended with me because the Bible says it. But, and then I'm, I'm paraphrasing the Bible. But if, 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 if any of us sit here this morning and we think, I'm, I'm okay. And, 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 I, and I'll talk through this. Don't, don't, just, don't just hear this. I'll, I'll, I'll speak on. But if we sit here and, and, and we think, I'm fine. I can do things. I can, I, can, I can make things happen. I'm gifted. Just stop there. Just stop right there. And understand that without God, we are nothing. <laughs> and I believe, perhaps in one sense, the highest call is the call to humility. God is calling us to humility. And if we really allow him, and many, many of us do not, so he cannot do much because we, we, we don't allow him. But if we really allow him, he will take us to a place where we do not want to go to show us our righteousness. It's not nice. <laughs> But if we are willing to go there, there our deliverance is. Because there he will show us, without me, you can do nothing of eternal value. You can do nothing that will bring real change for eternity, change that will matter forever. <laughs> That is not just temporary like a flower that just blooms and then it dies. <laughs> but then we need to go there where we understand. <laughs> you know, we live in a time where, we are, where there's, there's such contrast in, in, in the church in different countries. And, and, and I, won't, I won't name any countries because I don't want to, I don't want to in any way be, be judgmental. But... but you know, worship leaders are not supposed to be rock stars. And preachers are not supposed to be celebrities. It's wrong. It's just, it's wrong. And if a preacher goes up to preach, 
and everybody is just worshiping that person. It's a sin. <laughs> and if a, if, a, if, if a worship leader goes up and, and, and everybody is just singing his praises because he's such a wonderful worship leader, it's wrong. <laughs> because we were not called to fame and fortune. We were called to humility. And if we become very successful, then we should know how to walk with that. Like Jesus knew how to walk with it. Because we are called to humility. And whatever we do, however, and, and, and here's the thing. <laughs> Some of us feel that we are successful. And especially if other people around us agree that we are successful, which is usually shown in the house that we live in or the car that we drive or the amount of attention that we enjoy. And some of us feel that we have failed because of the house that we live in or the car that we drive or the attention that we do not get. But I want to say something quite radical this morning. None of that matters at all. Not at all. Yes, give respect where respect is due. If somebody did well and they walk in here, we will respect them. Respect those who have positions. God says, submit under your leaders. Of course, we respect people who, who deserve respect. And sometimes we honor people publicly and there's nothing wrong with that. But none of that matters. The only thing that matters is that God says, I am calling you to a life of humility. And you and I need to understand <laughs> that we have nothing to give if God does not give it to us. And then we come to a place in our lives where we can truly say, God, and, and, and let me say this, and I know I often say it, if you are forced to such a place in your life, thank Jesus. If you are forced into humility, thank Jesus. And this morning, if we recognize that I have pride in me, see, this is the thing. God resists it. God cannot go with it. He loves us, but he cannot go with our pride. And our pride stands in the way of every single thing that God has called us to. So we cannot look in the mirror and feel proud. God gave us our looks. We cannot look in the mirror and feel disappointed. God gave us our looks. The way that we look is the way that God made us. Love the way that God made you and me. And we need to look at our abilities and say, God, this is what I have. This is what you gave me. And we need to go very, very, very low. And sometimes... We will be forced to go there if we ask God to really release us into a life surrendered to him. He will take us places where we do not want to go.
But those are the places. <laughs> those are the places. Those are the places where we will truly change. And those are the places where we start to experience the liberty of knowing him. The liberty of no ego. <laughs> the liberty of forgiveness. You know, when we are proud, we don't want to forgive. When we are proud, we don't want to submit. The word of God says, submit to one another. And then afterwards, it speaks about marriage. But before that, it says, submit to one another. You know, sometimes some people will speak to us and we need to keep quiet and listen. You know, God has, has been extremely busy with me in my life. And I used to be... Uh, we call it the full-time ministry, but I'm not sure about that term. I don't know if it's correct. <laughs> I used to be in the full-time ministry working for, for this church, for, for Shofar, for about 20 years. Preaching many, many sermons, praying with lots of people, leading many people to the Lord, doing lots of things. And then God took me out about a year ago, and he said, I, I want to do something different in your life. And um, I started spending more time with him, believe it or not, <laughs> when I left the, the, the full-time ministry. And um, I said, God, I, I realized that um, Maybe I became proud and maybe I thought that I'm, I'm, I'm good at things and, and, and maybe you need to work with my heart. And I said, God, you, there's a pride in me that you, need to, that you need to help me with. And then I thought maybe I should go for deliverance. You know, some people do deliverance and, 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 and we literally pr pray for demons to leave, and, 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 and sometimes they leave, and sometimes it's a battle. And then afterwards, we have to walk in that deliverance. And I thought maybe I should go for that. And, 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 and then I, I just experienced that God said, no, it's, it's not a once-off thing. <laughs> I'm going to walk you through. I'm going to walk you through this thing. And, um, you know, God showed me something, and this is not easy for me to share, but God showed me that, you know, when, you, when I walk into church, when I walk into a gathering, there's so much godliness in me. But when I'm at home in my marriage and with my children and with our family, there's so much ungodliness in me. And it's almost as if when I'm in the safe space, I just let down my God, and there's so much that he needs to work with. And, um, you know, I had some of my family members, they sat me down, and they said, you, you really hurt us. And I was just becoming aware of my righteousness. And um, I said, God... How is it that one can preach for so many years 
and still have such a long way to go. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, we are all in a we are all in a in a, in a journey. We are all on a journey with God. And it doesn't matter that much uh, where we are at. It matters that we stick to it. And it matters that we walk it through. And it matters that we allow God to break down the walls in our hearts so that we can proclaim healing to the brokenhearted and bind up the wounds of the of, of 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 those who were damaged and speak freedom and liberty to the captives and then Jesus says your faith has saved you the faith of one who understands that without God I am nothing but with God but with God but with God I am a tree of righteousness <laughs> I am with God. I am strong and magnificent and, and, and um, a strong influence. And God says, if I can bring you to that place where, I, where you allow me in. And you know, sometimes we want to explain ourselves over and over again. And God says, keep quiet. And listen. <laughs> Just keep quiet and listen. Because godliness takes humility. Godliness takes humility. A good marriage takes humility. Good parenting takes humility. Good relationships in the church family takes humility. <laughs> Because God is calling us to humility. Because in that place, we can rise up and become extremely powerful in our lives. Regardless of what we do. I want to read the last scripture. From Philippians 2 verse 5 to 11. Have the same attitude in yourselves which was in Christ Jesus. Look to him as your example in selfless humility, who, although he existed in the form and unchanging essence of God, as one with him, possessing the fullness of all the divine attributes, the entire nation of his deity, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped or asserted as if he did not already possess it or was afraid of losing it, but emptied himself without renouncing or diminishing his deity, but only temporarily giving up the outward expression of divine equality and his rightful dignity by assuming the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men, he became completely human, but was without sin, being fully God and fully man. After he was found in terms of his outward appearance as a man for a divinely appointed time, he humbled himself still further, 
by becoming obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, because he has obeyed and so completely humbled himself, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in submission of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess and openly acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Lord, the sovereign God, to the glory of God the Father. We see that Jesus, being God, chose utter humility by becoming man. And as we all know, he was not born in the medic clinic. <laughs> I had my babies in the medic clinic, five of them. And um, every single time I was thinking what it must have been like for Mary on the back of a donkey. Anyone here, anyone, can all the ladies who had babies the normal way, just uh, contractions and everything, do you mind just raising your hands? <laughs> Okay, they will know exactly what I talk about, and some of the dads who were there while it happened might also have a, a good idea. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to imagine Mary on a donkey while having severe contractions and nowhere to go to have this baby. It's unthinkable. And um, then after he was born... Uh, in a, in a stable, which some of the clever people say was actually a, a, a cave, um, he had to, they had to flee. They had to flee. Not, 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 nothing about that was comfortable. Nothing about that was comfortable. And then when they came back, Jesus grew up, the son of a carpenter. And um, he was just one of the children. He was just one of the kids running around. And then when he, when he came into his calling... And he started living this life that he was called to. The people said, who, isn't this, the Bible says, they said, isn't this Joseph's boy? Who does he think he is? Just, and, and, and the Bible says he became of no reputation. Now, you know, we, we, we should think about that. None of us are willing, are we, to, to, to become of no reputation, <laughs> Imagine everything that you are, everything that you have accomplished in your life is just not recognized at all. <laughs> and then he, he was obviously, he was, he was followed, the great crowds followed him. He was also persecuted a lot. And then, finally, he ended up dying the most shameful death. And he did all of that not just the most cruel death, the most shameful death. And he did all of that, every, every step of this journey that he took, he did all of that so that we can be free, but also follow in his footsteps. <laughs> that is why the Bible says, take up your cross and follow me. And my prayer 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just grateful for the fact that God is still with me. <laughs> I'm just grateful for the fact that I have a forgiving God and a forgiving family and forgiving friends who be with me and who love me because I understand that I am sinful. <laughs> you know, we don't have to go and put ash on our heads like in the Old Testament, and weep and mourn out loud. We don't have to do that. All we have to do is say, God, I understand. Without you, I am nothing. God can take away that gift. He will not, but he can take away that gift. He could right now. He could take away that money, those good looks, <laughs> all those academic achievements. He could take it away right now. He could. He can do anything <laughs> but what he wants to do is he wants to take all of it, all of it as we are. Take us and say, understand, understand that your faith in my forgiveness and, and, and your faith in my love, my unconditional love. This is the faith that I give you. Your faith in this will bring you to a place where you will become a strong influence, a, a tree of righteousness. So my invitation this morning, this was a short sermon. <laughs> I haven't even gotten the, the little card to tell me that I, that I should be finished. I just want to end off by reading to us again what God is calling us to. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed and commissioned me to bring good news to the humble and afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the wounds of the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to proclaim release from confinement and condemnation to the physical and spiritual captives, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance and retribution of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion the turban instead of dust, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a disheartened spirit. This is what God is calling us to. And this is the promise. We will become trees of righteousness. We will become strong and magnificent, distinguished for fame, no, fortune, no, the praises of people, no, popularity, no, status, no, integrity, justice, and the right standing with God, the planting of the Lord, that who will be glorified? God and God alone. God and God alone. Allow him, allow him to bring you and me to that place where we understand that the glory is his. Then the restoration will come. We will rebuild the ancient ruins. We will raise up and restore the former desolations. We will renew the ruined cities, the desolations, the deserted settlements of many generations. You know, God is, 
so busy with all of us who allow him. And God will bring us to a place where we will become the agents of restoration in our family lines, in our workplaces, in our churches, because of our humility. (laughs) Because we allow him to work in us, because we allow him to bring us very, very low. And I'll end with this. The word says, yeah, for this reason also, Philippians 2 verse 9, because Jesus completely obeyed, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is about every other name. When we understand this faith, when we go very low, we will be exalted and we are exalted with Jesus. (laughs) We are exalted with him. We rule and we reign over all of these things together with him. Because that is his love and that is his grace. Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.